Hello friends, it's Friday. I'm Doug Terrell. This is History and Comment for the 29th day of April 2022. Roger's Thesaurus is published on this day in 1852. The work was actually a retirement project. During his working life, Roger had been a physician and a tutor. Georgia Hopley was born in 1858 in the small town of Bucyrus, Ohio. Her father was a newspaper publisher in the town, her mother active in the temperance movement. Georgia did not fall far from her roots. She became one of the first full-time female reporters in central Ohio and made national news in 1922 when she was sworn in as a prohibition officer of the federal government. Maryland's House of Delegates votes not to secede from the Union. The act might be one that saved the Union or at least had a profound impact. Had Maryland seceded, Washington, D.C. would have been isolated in the Confederacy. This would most likely force a move to New York or Philadelphia. It is hard to imagine Washington, D.C. as the Confederate capital. William Randolph Hearst was born into a wealthy family in 1863. His father made his fortune as a gold mine owner and engineer. He entered the newspaper business when his father gave him his first newspaper, the San Francisco Examiner, at the age of 24. His journalistic style is described with words like flamboyant, yellow journalism, and sensationalism. Whatever his methods, they worked. During the 1930s, one in six Americans read a Hearst newspaper each day. The Orson Welles film Citizen Kane is loosely based on Hearst. Pianist, composer, and bandleader Duke Ellington was born in 1899. A native of Washington, D.C., his parents both played piano. As a teenager and a few years later, he worked a series of small jobs to pay the bills, but music was always his interest. If you've heard the Irish rebel song, The Foggy Dew, it chronicles the events of the 1916 Easter Rising. After six days of fighting, the leaders surrendered to the British in 1916. Awoo Takamoto was an animator born in 1925 in America to Japanese parents. He began working at Walt Disney, but made his name at Hanna-Barbera. Scooby-Doo and Astro were a couple of his designs. We're not sure if those two were played by the same dog or not. One of the staff members at Hanna-Barbera raised Great Danes. The red-headed stranger is 89 today. Born in the quite small town of Abbott, Texas, Willie Nelson was raised by his paternal grandparents after he and his sister were abandoned, first by his mother and later his father. He began singing and playing guitar at the age of six. Disliking cotton picking for support, he began singing quasi-professional as a teenager wherever he could, often in dance halls, taverns, and honky-tonks. As independent as any Texan, he has made his way to Nashville, but the polished Nashville was not ready for Willie. He returned to Texas and forged a sound and career that has been his own. Another Texas singer gets a birthday cake today. Born 10 years and 175 miles away from Willie, Dwayne Allen is formally trained in opera and quartet music. He was 23 when he became a part of the Oak Ridge Boys and today is the central figure in the group. It should be noted he is five days younger than the group's bass singer, Richard Sturbin. The Allies began dropping food and supplies to the citizens of the Netherlands in 1945. In a few more days, the war in Europe will be over and the long recovery begins. Tommy James, known for the 60s hit Crimson and Clover, is 75. The Intimidator, Dale Earnhardt, was born in 1951. The son of a race car driver, the elder Earnhardt did not want his son to follow in his tire tracks. But at 12, he secretly drove his father's car in a race 
almost beating one of his dad's rivals. If you're into snowboarding, the founder of Burton Snowboards, Jake Burton Carpenter, was born in 1954. A native of Long Island, after college he tried a job at an investment firm, but tired of the hours and sought refuge on the slopes. Comedian Jerry Seinfeld is 68 today. Muhammad Ali is stripped of his boxing title in 1967. He had refused induction into the Army. Retired NHL goalie Curtis Joseph is 55. He has an autobiography out that is worth the read. The obstacles that he overcame are amazing. Certainly containing some anti-war sentiments, the musical Hair opens on Broadway in 1968. A friend once commented that every popular song in 1968 was anti-war. Okie from Muskogee would be a notable exception, but that was released later in 1969. Redacted transcripts of the White House tapes are released in 1974. As scandalous as the Watergate affair appeared at the time, and to a degree remains in the culture, the details pale in comparison to more recent events that have been brushed over. The difference may be what side they were on. One year later, in 1975, the curtains are falling on South Vietnam. The U.S. begins evacuating citizens from Saigon, as it's obvious the North will overrun the country in a few more days. You can thank the anti-war faction in Congress for that. The U.S. had won the war, and Congress did not want to do what we had promised. But that tidbit does not get mentioned in the historical coverage of the event. Actor Tyler Labine is 44. You can watch him in the medical drama New Amsterdam. In a plot that seems to keep repeating itself, Los Angeles is in the midst of riots in 1992. Rodney King was beaten by police officers, the officers are acquitted, and the police erupts. What is often lost in the discussion, King had been out of prison just three months when the incident happened. There was an interracial element between the African and Korean populations of the city. When the dust settled, 63 people had been killed, over 2,300 injured, and hundreds of buildings destroyed. One point that is never brought up in these discussions, do the officers that are accused have any history with the victim? The folks in blue are human, and they know their neighborhoods. Could it be they know the history of the individual, and react based on that knowledge? It's not reasonable to take a single event completely out of context. If you want a more complete story, do a bit of reading and see how King's later life played out. The other point is the resulting damage is never proportional to the original event. The last Oldsmobile rolls off the assembly line in 2004, after 107 years of production. If you follow the royals, or in this case, the unroyals, Prince William and Kate Middleton are married 11 years ago today. In a rerun of the Los Angeles riots, Baltimore is holding their own in 2015. A home game for the Orioles and the Chicago White Sox sets an all-time low attendance record for a major league game. Zero fans. The folks at Guinness World Records are reporting this week that a French nun is the world's oldest person. Born Lucille Randon on February 11, 1904, that makes her 118 years old. That's history and comment for the 29th day of April. I'm Doug Terrell. Now go and do something worth remembering. The preceding program is available weekdays on iHeartRadio.